Lights out. Welcome, everybody, once again to another fantastic episode of Sleep Tech Talk with your friends, Emerson, Robert, and me, Jerry, the guy with all the pauses. <laughs> Got you guys there. All right. So, <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to go any further. Robert, if you could just uh, get it started. Hey, thanks, Jerry. I'll jump right in today to our podcast. We've got a special guest. Um, we have Stuart Hetherington, who's with us today. Stuart um, um, is a, has been in sleep medicine a, a long, long time, like myself. We, we actually used to work together at one point, but um, let me give you just a little bit of background on Stuart. He's the creator of the Bleep Dreamport, a headgear-free CPAP mask solution and a 30-year pioneer in sleep industry, uh, securing approximately 18 sleep apnea product patents during the course of his career. As a certified sleep technician and sleep apnea patient, he's cultivated a unique understanding of the pain points leading to poor CPAP compliance. A previous sleep lab owner, Stuart has experience in sales, DME, product development, and sleep apnea treatment. Stuart's been a CPAP user for 25 years. He also has a BA in American history from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and is an RPSGT. Stuart, we appreciate you joining us today and uh, we look forward to hearing your story. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, well, Stuart, it, it is great to have you. And we've one of the things we like to do uh, on our call is sort of start out on how did you get here? Because every one of us have a really unique story. Hardly any of us started out with sleep on our mind. And we sort of all fell into it. So, you know, and it's also instructive to do our listeners as they think about their careers. And especially if they, you know, think of heading down the path you've gone is, we feel like that's a key part of our show is, is giving that opportunity for you to share that. And, and it could be instructive to somebody that's thinking about their career. So how'd you get here? Well, uh, is a, the, the funny thing is Robert knew my wife well before he knew me because, uh, coming out of college, uh, my wife got into sleep, uh, before I ever did. She was actually kind of a gateway to getting there. So, uh, so Gina and Emerson, you know, Gina, she used to work for Phillips Trust Products. So she came out of college um, wanting to do research. Um, well, she settled in sleep um, because the research avenue just didn't quite open up the way she'd hoped for it. So um, I, I was uh, a manager with Outback Steakhouse and 70-hour uh, work weeks were like killing me. And um, I, I took probably six months off and was working on my very first book and Gina was like, you know, writing your book without getting any money doesn't pay the bills. You should consider sleep. <laughs> We'd be on the same schedule. Um, so, and she said, you know, it's a great field. So I'd come in and sat with her, watched her, you know, do what she did for a little while. And uh, I think at that time, CMC wasn't hiring, which is where Gina, Gina was working. And, uh, an introduction to Ed Payne at Presbyterian Hospital in Charlotte came up. So I started there and worked for basically a year and uh, got my registry, came on with uh, CMC right after that. That's kind of where I started training to kind of segue over to that. 
Um, it was a, a little more rigorous training uh, under Mike Stolzenbach throughout to Mike Stolzenbach for those of you who don't know him. Uh, but anyway, uh, Robert happened to be in the room uh, on multiple, multiple occasions uh, as I was training there. So uh, All Things Sleep uh, began you know, kind of through that, that little pathway. I got to know Robert and, and everybody there and uh, a lot of those people, you know, uh, you know, still kind of very, very familiar with. Well, Stuart, I know you, uh, you, you certainly sort of jumped into the field and, and, and got your, uh, your experience working lots of nights, but um, I, I know that you, you also, you know, have been a, a bit of a serial entrepreneur um, because I, I also know that you at one point opened up your own sleep lab, but, uh, but that wasn't good enough for you. You had to move on to something else. No, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. So, um, yeah, so I, I did for about four years, uh, own my own lab, uh, working with some docs, um, certainly up in the area where you were in Raleigh, you had to beat up on you a little bit up there, take some referrals from you, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, so um, anyway, um, it was uh, probably even before that though, we were, we were at uh, one of the CE workshops at Merle, Merle's Inlet, I think, I think was where it was held. Um, and I literally was there for CE hours and Gina was working the restaurantics booth. And about 3.30 in the morning, I literally had an epiphany kind of, I, I, I kid you not, a dream um, about a mask. And I woke up and uh, drew it out of the back of a hotel napkin and nudged Gina awake and said, hey, what do you think of this? And she was like, this, this is really interesting. I, I think that has to we, we literally stayed up probably another hour and a half talking about it. And that was a Friday evening. Um, the show wrapped up Sunday by noon. I drove home Sunday at noon. Um, I went to Lowe's Home Goods. Um, I found some copper fittings. I went to CVS and I found some, uh, some corn patches. And I had some old Provence uh, laying around for those of you that are familiar with Provent. And I took an X-Acto knife and I cut the vents out of the Provent and I buttressed uh, these copper tubes up with these corn patches to kind of create essentially what is our disposable component for the Dreamport. And, um, and I used an, an old silicone nasal pillow mask that was an extra small and I cut all the headgear off of it. I jammed these ports, these brass couplings into it. And I cleaned my face with, with alcohol and Gina held the mask up so I could apply it. And it worked all night at a pressure of like 10 and a half. No leaks whatsoever. So proof of concept from a dream three days later. And I went and hired a patent attorney on Monday and an engineer on Wednesday. And we filed a provisional patent probably two months later. Um, and that kind of started the whole journey um, to where we are now. And um, so it's, you know, what's unique about the product is uh, that I came up with is no headgear, no straps. <clears throat> Um, it can be a little finicky for people to get started with learning how to put it on. Um, so there are a lot of people who are just like literally will, will give up on it, you know, at a day because they're like, oh, I just couldn't immediately click on, click in and get started. If you follow the instructions, like it doesn't leak, it will allow you to sleep in any position you want. And, um, 
and we know it reduces AHI, reduces your overall APAP pressure, and it reduces leak. And that's like the holy trinity in our industry. Uh, so if, if, if people give it a chance, it, it, it actually drastically improves uh, your sleep on PAP therapy. So uh, Stuart, uh, the cool thing is, it's a sleep product that came to you while you were sleeping. So yeah, really yeah, cool. think of that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the simple fact that, uh, like you said, this holy grail that we're all chasing, uh, uh, zero leak, uh, low AHI, and super comfort, it, it, it's, it's all amazing. Could you tell us a little bit about the beer can trick? Yes, the beer can trick. I get asked that a lot. So, we got we to uh, hear about it. So the, the, the beer can trick was like we were, we were going to either our first or our second uh, med trade show and, um, and trying to be really clever to figure out like how to get like some additional attraction. Well, regardless, it didn't work, but it was actually kind of cool to do because we called it the, the hold our beer challenge. And, and I don't know if Emerson ever saw like any of the stuff going around, but we basically called out ResMed, everybody at ResMed, everybody at Phillips and everybody at, at FMP to come by our booth and bring their best mask and, and participate in our, in our hold our beer challenge where we literally will put our mask on at a pressure of 20 or 25 and I can hold a can of beer and a sling off our mask and swing it back and forth with no leak. Um, Needless to say, nobody came by and participated, so it was a very, very dull day. Well, that's awesome, Stuart. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely uh, a, a great marketing uh, idea to, to draw people in, without a doubt. Um, you know, when you think about some of the, the parts of this journey that have maybe been disappointing, um, the, the hard lessons of being an entrepreneur in this industry, you know, you're going up against giants. Uh, you're going up against uh, paradigms and, and things like that that are tough. Even in the companies that we've worked for, introducing new technology can be, you know, can be uh, a steep mountain to climb. What were some of the things that really were challenging that surprised you? You didn't really see that, those things coming as you, you went down this road. Well, it's funny. So we're on a sleep tech talk podcast and, you know, I won't beat around the bush. I really thought that sleep techs were going to be like, oh, this is, this is cool. A sleep tech came up with this. We're going to be all supportive of a sleep tech because like he came from our roots and nah, uh -uh, nah. sleep techs like threw me under the bus the worst. Like, like there, I, I was on some like Facebook sleep tech forums and man, it did not, it did not go well. Like I'd come on and like say, Hey, look, product does X. And I'd have half the techs like, you know, ripping me a new one about like, Oh, you're dead wrong, dude. It doesn't do that. And uh, so it was really challenging to overcome like a lot of the pushback from sleep techs. And, and what, and, and I kind of knew going in that like sleep techs always have, you know, a favorite mask and scripture says uh profit is never welcome in its own country. Right. So no, no doubt. So, uh, see, it, it, it was, it was shocking that like, I would tell you probably 50% of the texts like were you know, would push back and, and probably 25% of those was, there's no way it's going to work. 
there's no way that's going to hold or it can't do this or it can't do that. I mean, this thing is, I mean, we, we have patients on ASV with, with their iPad pressures that are in like 25 with pressure support like 18, 19 that have, you know, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy and, and patients with limb girdle disease uh, that use our product with incredibly high pressures and they mouth tape. Um, so like people just don't look at the data. They just, they're so constricted to what they believe and this thought pattern that like it has to have straps and Velcro. There's nothing, there's no way that tape's going to be able to work. And, and they're so far off base that they, they just don't realize it. If you, if you go on any kind of CPAP forum, if they're talking about our product, it's, it's intriguing because people are throwing up Oscar data and screenshots of their night of sleep and they're seeing their AHIs drop significantly. Um, they're seeing their pressures come down one to two centimeters of pressure. Like those are, those are game changing things that if you learn to put the product on right, it, it, it really does affect you know, positive outcomes. Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, it was yes, I know. I was I was lip reading. Yeah, <laughs> about uh, about sleep text. But um, let me ask you this: you know, that's you're talking about compliance. What about at the at the sleep center during sleep studies? How do you think it would help a sleep tech at the um, at the center? I'll tell you exactly. If if a sleep tech doesn't have a favorite mask and is willing to try our product for a week, what they'll find is they get to do the thing that they enjoy the most, which is plug up some Netflix and sit back and watch a movie and score uninterrupted without having to go and change out masks or address leaks uh, as the titration pressures go higher. Yeah, all that goes away. So if you really wanna do your job better, that's a great way to do it because like less uninterrupted sleep means less having to score arousals you get a more accurate you know, pressure on the titration. Uh, you need less pressure. Um, like, you know, with a lot of masks, like a lot of patients want to start small, but as they go through the titration, you know, they get to the point where they're like, you know, I, you know it went from, you know, five to, to nine and I, I got to go to something else because it can't hold the leak anymore. With, with ours, it doesn't matter. It just keeps on going as, as much pressure as you can put against it. The issue becomes if you see leak, well, you immediately don't smell breathing period. Like there's no guessing anymore. So less time having to get out, out of your seat. Patient has to get up. You never rip off leads. Like how many times have you had to go back in and repaste the lead because the patient like ripped leads out of there. Like you, you never face that ever. Stuart, that, that's, I appreciate you pointing, you know, out how that works for the tech. And when you think about maybe your best story, you know, we've all been in sales and marketing and we love those great stories where they just some life changing thing, you know, impacted somebody. When you sort of look back at this journey, is there one particular moment that stands out to you where it was gratifying? It was it, it made you glad you had your dream that you you put your, you know, pen to paper on this thing and make it work. What's that that one great moment? Um, oh like, I mean, as far as like bleep is concerned you know there's probably eight or nine emails a week that i get where somebody writes and says something and like how it you know changed their life so trying to like pinpoint anyone like it would be really really challenging um 
generally like what I typically refer to if somebody asks me for like, like, because I'm, I'm a CPAP patient. So I'm not just, you know, a tech and a guy that, that did a CPAP mask. Um, like, so, um, when, when I started at CMC, I ended up getting, after kind of training, I was shuttled off to Pineville. You remember the Pineville lab, Robert? Um, so it was basically one tech worked out there by themselves. And um, I had this older guy out there. He was in his 70s, uh, idiopathic hypertension. Um, he had no, no real issues other than, other than that. He was the same build I was then, which is probably in the 165, 170 pound range as a young person. This guy, like older guy, but like looked great. Certainly wasn't overweight. Um, in 30 minutes, he met emergency split protocol. Um, so went and put CPAP on him and uh, he couldn't get to sleep for three hours. Uh, he got up, went to the bathroom, came back, probably another hour later, finally got to sleep. And he slept for about 30 minutes. And like, I actually called him like Rim Sapan uh, on a mask. And then he woke back up laid there for a while, got back to sleep, or went, got back to, and went to the bathroom again, came back, got, bed, got back in bed, and then never slept the rest of the night. So he only had probably an hour, hour and 20 minutes of sleep altogether, all in. And, um, this, and this is a guy that had sats going down to the 50% range. And I was like, you gotta, get it, you gotta give it time. It's gonna take some, you know, it'll take some effort on your part, but like you slept really good with this, give it a chance. Uh, we were doing peer review with Mindy Sattel at CMC and, this guy had had a stroke and, and like, so I got to see him again. Um, and it was not pretty. And this time his wife brought him in because he was like, I'm not wearing CPAP the first time because I just, I can't do that. So needless to say, uh, the stroke debilitated this guy. So I actually took gear from the lab that day. I went home and started CPAP. Well, just, I started on five. And I had a mask on and it sucked for three months. Three months, and like, and over those three months, I was like, I, now I get it. I get what these people go through. It's the leaks, it's, you, you can't get, you feel like you have insomnia for the first couple of hours. And, and I finally overcame that. But at that point, like I, I would try all types of different masks, kind of figuring out like, what was the better thing? Um, so I learned a lot of what the pain points were. Um, and that, I think to some degree helped drive me creating, you know, the, the Dreamport as our first offering. Um, so it, it scared the bejesus out of me because my mom had had a stroke um, two years before, well, I was a sophomore in high school. So I was like, I didn't want that to be me. Turned out my dad has sleep apnea. My grandfather has sleep apnea. And my mom has sleep apnea. And she has limb girdle disease. So like, I've got a family full of apnea, but uncle too. Um, so like I, I knew that it was only going to get worse. So instead of being 170 pounds now, I'm 250 pounds. I have full blown apnea, uh, but I haven't been off CPAP for 30 years, basically. Um, hey, um I, I do want to get a couple things in because you've done something really, um, incredible recently. Um, could you talk a little bit about the NIH award and then, um, you know, give us a, a, a just kind of a quick update of the next, uh, you know, the next thing for, for Bleep and where you where things are headed. Sure. So um, we received a $1.7 million NIH grant um, from, you know, from the government in order to develop our next product. 
Uh, our next product is uh, coming around August this year. Um, it is really, really game changing. Uh, it has got one of the coolest, most unique game changing seals like you're ever gonna see. Um, it's wrap it on off as fast as you can put it on to take it off, you can. No headgear. It's 30% smaller than the Resume P10 and no offense, Remerson, it's about 500% smaller than the Dreamware. But, <laughs> hey. um, but it, it, it is really, really cool and slick. Robert's seen it before, uh, at least one of the early prototypes and, and thought that it was like super unique. Um, it is like we have had like in the past week, we've just now started pre-selling to, to DMEs for, for the online at side of the, uh, the business. And I have literally six POs from the top 10 online sellers for the new product, just demoing it. And they're like, oh my gosh, gotta have it. So it is, it is really, really game changing. And, um, and we think so far, if everything goes as well as it has with the beta, people are gonna love it. Hey, Stuart, that's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And we can't thank you enough for joining the conversation today. Uh, we, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, so we're going to wrap up. I understand that you have a special discount code for all our listeners and viewers. Would you mind sharing that with us? Uh, Robert gave me a code. <laughs> yes, okay. sleep, sleep Tech Talk. Sleep Tech Talk. I didn't remember the code. That's the code. <laughs> but we're going to put all that right. code on we'll our notes. notes. <laughs> yes, we'll have it in the notes. But. With that being said, I just want to tell uh, let, tell you once again, thank you so much for joining us. And all our listeners and viewers out there, thank you so much for your support. Don't hesitate and don't forget to hit the like. Uh, whatever platform you're listening to or viewing on, don't forget to add some comments. That really helps the algorithms uh, reach reach other, um, uh, other viewers and listeners as well. And to each and everyone out there, thank you so much once again for joining us. And until next time, lights on.